How did I get anti-woke? Why did I start my podcast? How's my podcast treating me? Coming up today on the... Oh, wait. I usually start my podcast with a joke. What's grosser than gross? Well, you dream you're eating a marshmallow, and you wake up, and your pillow is gone. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So Charles Love from the Cut the Bull Podcast, he asked me um, why I started my podcast and how's it been treating me. Well, first off, I'm using a gasoline engine powered water pump to water my lawn and my garden right now. So that's the noise you hear in the background. And maybe that's a little bit of a microcosm of how I put my needs before the needs of my podcast. And if that makes it sound like I might not be the most great lover, uh, you might be right. So my podcast is named the Anti-Woke Podcast. So I think I want to say, you know, what's my definition of the word woke? Well, the word has had, you know, the meaning of the word has changed over the years. But today, the way I use it is to be woke, it means racist against whites, sexist against men, and bigoted against straight people. And being woke, it used to be a black thing, but in my opinion now, it's like the number one category of person who's woke is white women. And then I guess maybe the white men who love them. Yes, honey, whatever you say, honey. I've changed the name of my podcast a few times. Um, I called it Religion of Woke for a while. The black public intellectual John McWhorter, he had, he did a book and he just has kind of a theory on how being woke is, for some people at least, it's it's taken over their you know it's their religion. It's the new religion for them. Like I like to throw out unproven theories on evolutionary biology, and I believe the human brain, it just it has a, it has a need for religion and. You can put other stuff in there. Who knows? You know, like maybe the, the Chinese communists probably filled it with filled people's brains with something else, but it was the same part of the brain, the religion part. And now a combination of social media and Trump derangement syndrome and Black Lives Matter has made like white women whatever. Their religion is wokeness. And a lot of other people have the same problem. Alright, I don't like how I'm saying the white woman so many times. Let's let's pick on it. Let's let's put it in a more uh, specific category. Who's woke? It's college-educated people. And even though woke people will tell you that men got it good and women got it bad, I think at this point, you know, women are just about sixty percent, and men are forty percent of people graduating from college. All right. So let's let's do a little outline here for for my own um, edification. How did I get anti-woke? Why did I start the podcast? And how's it treating me now? Let's cover those things. All right, so I'm going to take you way back. We're going to get in the time machine. We're going to spin the whirly gig and go way back. Before the pandemic, we're going to go to March 2019. Well, two things happened that month. Um, the Marvel movie Captain Marvel, starring a, the first female superhero to lead a movie, uh, came out. And then Coleman Hughes, a super awesome black intellectual, Published, published his first article in Quillette.com, an online magazine. All right, so my podcast is not about how the new Marvel movies are woke or whatever, but that is a whole industry on YouTube, and I, I whatever, I started watching it back then. The Star Wars movies are starting to piss people off, 
And then Brie Larson, the smoking hot actress who plays Captain Marvel, uh, she did some speeches before her movie came out. Something about she wanted only, I don't know, women, people of color, or disabled people to um, interview her in the what are the press junket. And she gave some speech about how she doesn't care what an old white man thinks about, you know, Hollywood stuff. And that created a whole industry on YouTube uh, of people criticizing pop culture wokeness. Maybe the most famous person doing that is the, his name is The Critical Drinker. Now, that's not the stuff that I talk about on my podcast, but it was a little bit formative in my anti-woke trajectory. But on the more serious side of my anti-wokeness, there was like four African-American men, public intellectuals, who I just, I don't know, I really got into listening to them. And so Coleman Hughes, he started in March. Um, I saw that Wilford Riley, one of my absolute favorites, uh, he started, well, he did a podcast with Glenn Lowry in April 2019. And then Glenn Lowry and John McWhorter, uh, whatever, they've been doing stuff for a long time. And so those four guys really had a big influence on me. I mean, to this day, I listen to everything they say. You know, every podcast they're on, I listen to that stuff. I mean, except for when I don't. Now, all those guys, they're all big shots. You know, they're Ivy League this or lawyer that. Um, And I don't even think any of them would describe themselves as anti-woke. And they've all got different perspectives. But here's the reason why they're all the same, and the reason why I love listening to all of them. They tell the truth. Like if tons of people feel in their hearts that something is true, but the data just rock-solid contradicts it, then, you know, they'll tell you that stuff. And that's what I love. So, 2019. That was a a big formative year. But I think we have to go back a little bit more to... uh, I don't know if you heard of it. 2016, Donald Trump was elected. Now, I'm not a Trump supporter. I never voted uh, Republican. I voted for Hillary. I voted for Biden. I'm also a big Elon Musk fan. And he's like, I never voted anything other than Democrat ever. But today I voted for Republican. And I don't don't know if I'm going to follow his lead on that sucker. But I might be like that. And I should say that. I think reforming the Democratic Party is, is what's needed. Like basically, we need to not vote for them for maybe a couple, you know, a couple uh, election cycles, and so they can go back to being the party that is on the right side of history. Because I think they've they've lost their way, and I think Republicans are actually starting to correct themselves a little bit. Like Donald Trump is just a crazy person, but he had some good ideas, which is basically um, instead of the Republican Party being just the party of tax cuts for the rich. Like, hey, maybe we should do something for the middle class. I mean, we'll see. They're a long way. Both parties are a long ways away from helping the middle class. But so Trump got elected and educated people across America all decided this was an existential threat. Like their existence, their very life, the lives of them and their children and their house and everything, their city was about to be destroyed because of Donald Trump. And so the media is like, oh, you know what? We can lie now. We can lie about whatever the hell we want as long as it's in the service of attacking Donald Trump. And that's kind of the reason why I voted for Biden. Is like, I don't want... I wanted the media to stop lying. And I don't think they could stop lying when Trump was in office. And so, while I didn't think Trump was something that you needed to go crazy over, run around with your hair on fire, uh, 
a lot of my friends did. And so in 2020, I quit my job as an electrician. I haven't mentioned that too much, but I was an electrician for like eight years, which in Oregon, it's a very high bar to be an electrician. It's not like you just show up for the job. It's a, it's a four year process. It's like getting a degree. But in any case, I quit my job as an electrician right about the time the pandemic thing happened and I moved to the woods. And I thought I was gonna be cut off from society, you know, friends and family and the pandemic hit and no one's going anywhere and blah, blah. I mean, you, know, you dear listener may have heard of this stuff. You may have a kid who uh, has the equivalent of missing two years of school and will never get that back. So before the pandemic hit, you know, I'd have friends be like, hey, you wanna go to this really fun place and do these amazing things? And I'd be like, no, not really. But so the pandemic made everyone, they had to be like me. And what that meant is like, you know, like one buddy, we start, we're still doing it. We have like a, we have a weekly Zoom call where we talk about comic books. I mean, for hours. And then I got another buddy. Um, we would just do long phone calls. And so this buddy of mine, super, super fundamental friend of, my, of mine, he's woke as hell. And so he and I, you know, we'd have a weekly chat at least, um, talking for hours sometimes, you know, late into the night, who knows what. But it would be about politics and basically be arguing about woke stuff. And I remember one time, one time before the pandemic hit, he came to my house, we were argue, arguing about woke stuff. And he's like saying, oh, I think this is true. And I'm like, I don't, I think the data contradicts that. He's like, no, it doesn't. And I was like, oh, would you like to look up the data? And, you know, we got out the internet, put it on the TV and you know whatever i was right he was wrong there was a time and he's like yeah let's look stuff up and i'll find out that i'm right but he knows not to do that anymore he hasn't changed his opinions on anything he's still totally woke he's just like no i don't want to look at the data you racist sexist homophobe and i think literally he's called me all three of those things at one time or another but we're still good friends i mean whatever we get over it but so this is why i started my podcast my friend wouldn't hang out with me and like just look at, you know, tables and graphs and data and articles, you know, for hours at a time explaining why I'm right and he's wrong. I mean, I don't know why he doesn't enjoy that. He should. It's fun as hell. And so basically, I created a podcast that it's just me. It's, it's all the things that he won't listen to. It's all the data, all the analysis and argumentation that he won't listen to, well, I put it into the podcast. And that's kind of how my podcast started. And yes, I did send him links to my podcast. And no, he did not listen to it. And so, I mean, at least initially, so my podcast, you know, the subjects are just the things that he would say. You know, he'd be like, the sky is blue. I'd be like, all right. He'd be like, fish swim in the sea. I'd be like, I think that's correct. And then he'd be like, racist cops are hunting black men like wild animals. And I'd be like, let's look at the data. Or, men make more money because of sexism. Like, are you comparing people who work part-time to people who work over 40 hours a week? And my buddy, I'm trying to think of the three things. My buddy's not this crazy, but like, what, the definition of woman? That means anyone who says they're a woman, even if they have a penis. Alright, so that's enough tooting my own horn, or maybe hoisting myself on my own petard. Uh, so how's my podcast treating me now? And the answer is, it's treating me good. It's fun. Now, my podcast is not like most other ones, but here's how it goes for me. 
I mean, I wake up each morning, I feel like there's nothing that I want to talk about. Today's going to be a day that I don't make a podcast. But I work with my hands, and so I listen to podcasts while, while I do it. And then all of a sudden, a day that was going to have no podcast uh, now has a podcast because something I listened to just was like, you know, made me think of something interesting, made me want to attack it or support it or or explain it, for instance. Like, I, I don't do too many of these, but, you know, I, I do physics podcasts sometimes, you know, explaining, uh, like, black holes, for instance. I'm going to do a Big Bang one here at some point. And so I've been doing it for, like, maybe a year and a half, and all of a sudden I have a podcast out almost every single day, and it's fun. And then the actual mechanics of it, so I use something called Anchor.fm. It's, it's the only free one that I'm aware of, so that's why it's the best. And it has an app, and you know you can do it on the browser too. And it's terrible. It just—it's terrible. It's free, but it's terrible. And so that means before I publish my podcast, I have to listen to the whole thing because it always gets like segments out of order. But I love listening to myself talk, and so I get to listen to it that time before I publish it. And then I'm just—I'm a, a glutton for punishment or something. And in the morning when I take a shower, I listen to my podcast another time. So I say it, I listen to it, and I listen to it again. And just, it's just fun. And I think this is another human brain thing where your brain just likes, your human brain definitely likes talking, and it also likes listening to itself. So saying that made me go look at my, you know, all the podcasts that I'm subscribed to. And almost none of them are just one person saying whatever the hell is on their mind. There's a lot of news shows like NPR and daily wire who you know do scripted news podcasts or podcasters who just have a different person on every episode and do an interview but pretty much the only ones besides me that i subscribe to uh where it's just someone blathering it's it's lawyers lawyers will just sit down and talk by themselves and i ain't no lawyer but i just wonder i just wonder if the lawyers (laughs) podcast if they listen to them selves more like you know if i did interviews every time i don't want to listen to that over and over because that's the other person talking i only want to listen to myself talk but here's the benefit for you of making a podcast probably any which way kind of you do um it makes you smarter it makes you more informed like many years ago i took calculus in college and i got through it i don't know probably with bees or something and Let me tell you, I did not understand calculus that well. I got through the classes. I wasn't terrible at it. I did not understand it that well. And then I got a job just kind of randomly as a calculus tutor. And so, you know, you got like 20 kids coming in asking you how to do the same problem over and over. And all of a sudden, you know, you do the same problem over and over 20 times. That makes you good at it, but what really makes you good at it is explaining it to someone else. Like You have to understand something before you can explain it to another person. And so a podcast is not quite as good as that, because there's no one there right then physically, or at least my podcast, to say, I didn't, ca- I didn't understand that little part. Do that again. But the way my podcast works is that it ends up teaching me about the subjects that I'm interested in. Like, you know, if I want to talk about something, then I got to do a little research. And then I get my, I got to get my thoughts in order. And then I got to, you know, spew out the words into a recording device. And then I got to listen to what I said. And I'll listen to what I said and be like, oh, you know, I don't go change it. I'll tell you what, I don't go change it. When I hear, when I hear that I said something wrong, I don't go change it. 
but I note it in my own mind. So it, it really does teach you a lot. So that pretty much covers this audio es- essay, uh, you know, otherwise known as a podcast. Some other stuff I was thinking about. Um, I do not have Trump derangement syndrome, but I think I have Trump derangement syndrome, derangement syndrome. It drives me up a wall. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm totally vaccinated, but I'm an anti-anti-anti-vaxxer, which means I'm against people who hate anti-vaxxers. And I've solved the conundrum of the quest, the answer to the question, what is a woman? And so the definition of the word, you know, whether you like it or not, there's now two definitions. You got woman, noun, adult female human. And the second definition is noun, a person who identifies as a, in quotes, woman. And you'll find that any time you hear someone talking about the word woman, you know, what, what are they talking about? You'll find that it's either, it's either definition one or definition two. And then, I mean, whatever. No one ever replies to me on Twitter and says, screw you. But, I, you know, what I think would be the most controversial thing that I like to say is that the Black Lives Matter movement uh, caused the murder of 5,000 black people. Like, but for that movement of peaceful protests and riots, uh, 5,000 black people would still be alive. And now, you know, if the question is, have tons of more black people been murdered ever since the Black Lives Matter movement? The answer to that is yes. You can even go city by city, go look at Ferguson and see their murder rate jump up. But the way you get crime stats, murder stats, it's uh, the FBI and the Department of Justice. And because of COVID, I mean, or else they're trying to hide hide stuff, um, the 2020 stats, like they're only now finally coming out, so... Whatever. If you're, if you're watching the stats, they got screwed up because of COVID. And then in 2021, they decided we're not going to do our stats the same way. We're going to do a whole new system of stats. And now you can't compare 2020 to 2021. Like 19 to 20 is iffy because of COVID. And then 20 to 21 is screwed up because they're changing the whole system. And so this is a little bit of a mea culpa maybe. But it looks like 2020 had maybe 3,500 extra black murders maybe 900 extra white murders and like 700 extra Hispanic murders. And so basically the plot thickens. Uh, we needed to be broken down by quarter. We, did, we, just, we need more information. We need more information that is unavailable to find out if I was wrong or right or exactly how right I was. I think the answer is I'm gonna be mostly right, but not entirely right. And so that all sounds pretty crazy maybe to you. Um, I wanna say, in my defense, I wanna say that I got the I got this theory from an economist named Robert Cherry, and he was on the Glenn Lowry podcast. And like Robert Cherry is a he's a Jewish economist, but he's been fighting like for civil rights and trying to uplift poor black people. I think for his entire career, you know, for fifty years. And then Glenn Lowry is completely—he's an African American. I might have mentioned he's completely unimpeachable in his motives in wanting to help, you know, struggling African Americans. Ah, hell, I thought something else was interesting. I used to work on Wikipedia a whole bunch. And me and another guy, for whatever reason, we just started really improving the Jackie Robinson article. And Wikipedia has grades. It's not exactly like ABCDs, but they have a grade where you can get your article on the front page for one day. And we got Jackie Robinson on the front page. 
you know, for 24 hours. And after that, I was real impressed with myself. And I was like, you know, what, what, what is the most important article on all of Wikipedia? I want to I wanna go make that one, you know, up to snuff and get it on the front page. And I decided the two most important articles on Wiki were Abraham Lincoln and Adolf Hitler. And I guess, thank God, but 10 years ago, the Adolf Hitler article was not in a good shape. The Abraham Lincoln one was looking halfway decent. So I selected Abraham Lincoln to try and get it onto the front page. And it was too big of a hurdle. I mean, Abraham Lincoln is a subject that's so frickin' deep and also wide that I never got it on the front page. But I got it, I got it to one level be- below front page article. And thankfully, I got no edits on... Adolf Hitler page. Don't know anything about him. Can tell you all sorts of stuff about Lincoln. But I can also tell you how Wikipedia got woke. You can't trust what they say at all, you know. Go look up the definition of woman on Wikipedia. <laughs> they screwed it all up. Yeah, so actually I know a lot about Wikipedia. Um so I was never an admin. Like if you're a big dog, you're an admin, supposedly. But, you know, I, I did something that I think virtually no person who's ever done Wikipedia has ever done. Wikipedia bought me airplane tickets and flew me from, I mean, I was living in Oregon, so it's not that far, but I flew from Oregon to San Francisco for a thing. I don't know, it was about, it was about eight of us. About eight people were given plane tickets from wherever they were in the world. I was close. And we went to San Francisco. We worked on... Some stuff that amounted to nothing um, for about three days. And then, you know, we had return tickets and we went home. But I would say out of the millions of Wikipedia editors, um, it is a very, very small amount of them who actually got free plane tickets to anywhere. And I had free hotel, uh, a free hotel also. But in fact, my family, uh, some of my family owns like a much fancier condo in San Francisco. So I just was like, nah, you know what? I'll stay at my uh, rich condo and I'll, I'll meet you there in the morning. Twitter handle at Anti Woke Podcast. And thanks for listening.